1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Hey, real quick, love the questions we're getting. Thanks so much for filling up the queue. Please keep them coming. Uh, They're they're great. So if you are new to the show, binging, as so many people have told us they have done, what we're looking for is an audio question around a minute or less – Find if you want to go less. Send the audio question. You can just record it on your phone and send it to podcast at diymoney.org. That's podcast at diymoney.org. We'll then determine whether that is uh, show worthy. We will bring it into the show. We will insert it into the show. Some of you are still writing me questions. I don't know why Uh, we don't read those questions. And I mean, we read the email. I I kind of scan it, but uh, I I'm not going to. We're not going to read them on air, if if you will. Uh, so
0: that guy can't even read.
1: Uh, just to clarify again, we need an audio question. So some of you have been sending them in. Really appreciate that. We're going to get to most of them. I mean, most of the questions have been dynamite. We're just kind of wading through them. Uh, and if we use it, we'll send you a twenty-five dollar Amazon gift card. So there you go. Markets, uh, you know, I know we keep talking about this and it's a timeless show. So you might be listening to this at 2024 and going, boy, why do they keep talking about markets? But as I sit here on June 30th, the last day of June 2022, this is going to go down as one of the worst months in the market in a very long time. In fact, the NASDAQ um, worst month, I believe, since the COVID lows, in March of 2020. Which look, that was two years ago, so it 's not like, holy cow, this goes back thirty years, but <laughs> that March of two thousand and twenty was uh, one of the worst going back I think decades, uh, if if not uh, at least through the uh, financial crisis. The decline has been uh, has been has been brutal, uh, and a lot of people out there, especially if you 're listening to the show, this might be the very first uh, sort of real bear market you 're going through covid many people ironically. Became investors in COVID. I, I don't know how that was, other than you know, we a lot of people got checks and uh, and you know, apps like Robinhood and so forth became popular. Uh, it led to a pretty strong reversal and a rally, especially in the tech sector. So a lot of people took advantage of that. Now people are looking at lower prices and they're going, "Oh man, this is a great opportunity," just like COVID. And they keep going lower. That's, in my personal opinion, the definition of a bear market. It has nothing to do with the percentages. It's just the fact that nothing works. <laughs> just yeah, going I mean, down.
0: COVID was more of a sort of textbook crash, an event-based crash, where the bear markets like we saw in 2007 through 2009 and the tech bear market and previous bear markets really kind of have this prolonged sort of drip lower over time that just wears and wears on people. And remember, the market
1: often, doesn't have to be there right now, but it's often a forward-looking indicator which, when you're on the front lines of the forward-looking indicator, meaning you're studying the markets, it is very uh, a little concerning regarding the economic backdrop that could be following suit. So, what in? Let me avoid the jargon. The market is saying that at least right now, the economy's got to get a really, uh, really bad, about about to get really bad. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. If you're a long-term investor, look, you don't change your plans. You continue to dollar-cost-average in. Uh, hopefully you're allocated appropriately using index funds. Again, long time horizon. And uh, this is not a bad thing for you to be getting lower prices. All right. Today's not a show about markets. I just do want to update that because I know a lot of people keep up with this show in real time. So hang in there. Uh, this too shall pass. Uh, we have seen this game before, and uh, American economy will prevail eventually. It may take some time. Let's go to our question today. I totally forgot the name. The name is? Paul. Paul's got a unique question. Paul from Austin, where we just were not too long ago. Beautiful Austin. Beautiful Austin. Expensive Austin. Holy cow. Paul, what do you got? D-I-Y.
0: Hey guys, it's Paul from Austin, Texas. Long time listener, first time question submitter. I have a bit of a niche question um, that I'd like to submit and would be interested in your feedback. Uh, We've been living in the same house here in Austin for 11 years and our property value has uh, approximately tripled during that time frame. We are very interested in uh, the next step uh, in our lives, which would involve us moving outside of the state. However, we still have uh, two children who are in high school. In fact, one of them is just a freshman. Trying to think of creative ways to leverage the equity we have in this home to purchase a a new home without having to utilize like a home equity line of credit. Was curious if you had any uh, creative suggestions or ideas. Thank you so much.
1: So I think you could... (sighs) Head down a real dangerous path, you know, getting, quote, creative here. Um, other than utilizing a home equity loan, which for those of you uh, that are kind of a little bit lost with this question, as we had to dissect it a little bit ourselves, I think what Paul is asking is saying, hey, we have, you know, three times the value that we bought our house for. So let's just say that they bought a house for 300000 and it's worth 900000 three, six, nine. Would that be two? No, that'd be 300. Is that three times? I mean, that's three times, but is that 300%? Three times the value. Did he say 300% or three times the value?
0: Approximately tripled during that time frame. us three times.
1: All right. So let's say you bought a house for 300,000. It's worth a million bucks. And let's just throw those round numbers out there. So if I understand correctly, what Paul's saying is he's saying, I got $700,000 in equity in this house. I want to start for sort of looking forward to moving out of state for whatever reason, but our kids are in high school. So they're, you know, they want to finish high school, I presume in their school, because I would would be remiss to move kids out of their high school. Again, I'm I'm guessing that that's what you're looking for. But you're concerned that if you wait another four or five years, maybe that $700,000 in equity becomes $400,000 in equity or $300,000 in equity, meaning the real estate value uh, declines. So the only thing, you know, you know, remember, a, a, other than Austin, which has had an, an exponential real estate growth, so yours might be up three times and most other places might be up one and a half or two times, but the tide will rise and, and lower with all boats. I, I, I think other than some very unique markets that might be, isolated due to in this environment which is unique and this is opinionated due to um, maybe a political or uh, some sort of you know I don't know I'm th- I'm specifically talking about Florida <laughs> I-, I just think a ton of people are moving to Florida and I and I don't see real estate values correcting much in Florida for a variety of reasons but other states the idea that oh a state or a city is going to be isolated from a real estate decline is, is rarely if ever been the case. It's, it's just not. I mean, even our city of Lexington, which has a unique um, you know, subset of industries that are often uncorrelated economically, had a real estate correction. So my point in saying that is that if you think that you're going to just take advantage of the equity in your house and not be buying high somewhere else, you know, that's probably not going to happen. You're going to be buying high as well as if that valuation in your home goes down. The valuation that you just bought into is also going to go down and maybe greater than where you are because of the demand of your city, because people are moving into, you know, Austin, such a, such a rapid pace. My point is, is that I, it's very difficult for you to say, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this equity even if you could without a HELOC, take advantage of this equity, move it over here, and isolate myself from a real estate uh, decline. (laughs) So, again, from an investment standpoint, I think if you were magically able to use equity without a HELOC and buy um, somewhere else, you'd be buying high, and when the real estate market were to correct, you would also go through a correction phase. Now, that's not what you asked. You asked about unique ways to utilize the equity other than a HELOC? I have no idea. I mean, other than maybe finding an area that you could tap a small portion of your HELOC, buy it as an investment property, have it rented, assuming you could get a rent rate that makes sense on a purchase right now, which I haven't seen those, uh, and then kind of utilize it as an investment property until your boys graduate or your kids graduate high school and then move, but you're still using a HELOC. So I, 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 think, you're, you know, I think it's difficult um, other than maybe sell the house now, move into an apartment so you can keep the kids in high school, bank all that cash, buy treasuries. And as the real estate market corrects, Look to move in three years. There you go. Actually, I took a ro- long, roundabout way of thinking uh, outside the box, and that's what I would do. How about that?
0: Yeah, or I mean, it doesn't have to be an apartment. You could just rent a house. Yeah, and the expense of renting is the expense of creating opportunity for later,
1: which is a lot. The rental expense is a tremendous amount, especially, especially in, in Austin. Austin. <laughs> and I'm assuming you know they're in a good schools district, etc. That they want to stay in. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you'd really have to run the numbers and say, okay, we banked 700000 How much over the next four years are we going to pay in rent? So we're going to zap. In premium. In premium. We're going to zap that. How much are we going to then be left over to then turn around in four years and be a buyer? But I do like, I think that plan's interesting. I yeah. Just, I, I mean,
0: in a roundabout way, that's what we've been doing for four years. Yeah. Renting something, waiting for our options to. But you're also
1: in Lexington, not in Austin. Yeah, and the
0: numbers actually line up because yeah. the rentals are not... Uh, the rentals compared to the uh, sales prices here are not uh, premium. Whereas I think in Austin, probably rental prices line up better. Well, I don't know exactly. But it seems like they, uh, rentals are pretty expensive in Austin along with housing prices. So the math may not work as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you're wanting to maintain the house that you're in... And utilize the equity somehow to purchase another house. I guess you, one, I would, I would question whether or not you really want to be a two-property owner. Mm -hmm. And what is it? uh, Are you using one as a vacation home? Are you just using it to set things up for later? Uh, Is it going to be a rental? So is it a business? So I think through it through all those lenses. If if it's going to be a business, then I would just set it up as a whole complete side business. I would get a mortgage on it. I would uh, set it up, have it as a rental do that and then maybe in the future you move into it if it's a vacation home then I guess your goal is to have a vacation home and you could either uh, cash out refinance your current house but then your rate is probably going up you could do the HELOC etc um, yeah I don't know. I would have to see like understand more details to see I, whether I, or not I'd want it so, I would personally do it, okay,
1: do I, it. I, let me just call it what it is right or, or kind of correlate my situation um, we bought our house at a, at a at a very good price mm-hmm. for the neighborhood we're in, we got lucky, or we just prepared correctly and sort of manifested the opportunity, which I think we did. But neither here nor there. <laughs> um, we have uh, what would normally, you know, be considered a tremendous amount of equity in the home. When our kids graduate, I definitely would like to have a property in Florida because uh, I hate the winters here. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, move. I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want to leave Kentucky. So not it would primary, be a, you know? it would be a secondary property. Mm-hmm. However, just like the home we bought now, I have a price point, uh, that I'm waiting. I would wait and maybe never, maybe never comes. I mean like maybe never comes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not looking to tap the equity that I have at all. In in the home we have right now. In fact, you know, my goal was to pay it off. Uh, So I had no desire to tap equity to take advantage of that. Uh, But again, I don't necessarily want to move, move. So it's not the same. I think if you really want to get creative, you're going to have to do something like sell it, rent for four years, bank that money, and then look for opportunities. And in four years, hopefully the real estate market is more favorable than it is now. For your purchase. That's what I would, that's my two cents. There you go.
0: Yeah. What yeah. Else? I don't, I don't Anything know. Else? I don't see a lot of. I don't know.
1: That's a tough one. But that's why he said it's a niche question. But we'll send niche you 25. Uh, he said niche. He said niche. Do you yeah.
0: say niche or niche?
1: I don't know. Depends yeah. on my company. I play to my audience, Daniel. If it's, if it's a, if it's a niche type of audience, I'll say niche.
0: Niche. If it's a
1: not, I'll say Niche.
0: Nice. There you go.
1: There you go. All right. Let's wrap it up. That was a good question. I think we sucked at that answer. I'm just going to call it what it is. Uh, we tried our best though. Hopefully you forgive us. Uh, but thanks so much for sending that to us. And uh, look, sometimes we don't have all the answers because it's difficult. And sometimes that means you just don't well, do anything. Well, planning is
0: dynamic, and individual or uh, situations are very individual and individualistic, which is why uh, we banter. We don't really give personal advice. There you go. And that's a good wrapper on this episode.
1: All right, friends. Remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25